Hello, folks. This is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, Imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop de doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest. Dale Baird of the show. Welcome, Dale. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. And it's great to have you on the show, Dale. You know, usually I ask animators if they had a specific moment where they thought, you know what, being an animator, it's just my calling. I did have that moment big time. I was, And I had to be about eight years old, honestly. There weren't that many cartoons on TV back in those days outside of, I think it was Disney's show was on a Sunday, and every now and then he'd have a whole hour of animation but the only other time I would really get to see any cartoons was when we go to the drive-in movies. And, of course, they had the double feature with the newsreel and the cartoon in, in between. And I just couldn't wait for that. And it was a cross between Walter Lance cartoons and Disney cartoons. So I just knew that this is what I wanted to do. Why? I have no idea. I just fell in love with it. And I think I drove my dad crazy talking about it all the time. And... Uh, Around that time, too, they didn't think it was such a practical job to have. Not many people were clamoring to get into the business like they, they are now. And um, But it was just still something I wanted to do. But he tried to coax me into doing drafting and whatever if I liked drawing that much. And um, it wasn't until after he passed away and he had put some money in, into a, an account for me from his VA money and... After high school, I just decided the heck with it. I'm just going to see if I can get into into Chenard. So, so I did, and I applied, and I got in. Although I had to take a <clears throat> a qualifying drawing class because I was drawing too tight, I had to learn how to loosen up a little bit, and uh, uh, I could only afford about mm, two years of that, along with a couple summer classes. And uh, but I had a teacher there. His name was Rudy Lariva, and he was a director over at, at Filmation at the time. They were doing Saturday morning cartoons, and he brought in some in-between work for me to try to do, to see if I could get a job as an in-betweener there. And but at the time, there weren't that many students in, in uh, the animation class at Chenard either, um, um, not like there is today. Um, so I sort of got to know him really well, and um, he tried to get me the job, but it just didn't it didn't pan out. And then once I got out of out of Chenard, I'm thinking, well, you know what? I got to get a job. I got to do something. And so I had met I had met Lou Scheimer, who ran Filmation. I met him about four years earlier, and I just took some drawings in to see if you know I had the ability to get into the business and. Uh, he was very gracious. Uh, not many, not many studios answered your your fan mail. I have to say, but he did. 
and uh, so I went to see him and fell in love with the building they were in. I don't know, it's just because I was in a studio for the first time in my life, you know, so I was excited. And um, he gave me some very encouraging words. And so after I got out of Shinar, I'm thinking, you know what, maybe I'll just call him and see if I can get a job with, through him. Not realizing, you just don't call up a studio head, you know, and expect him to answer the phone. But when I called the receptionist over there, she said, just one moment, please. And next thing I know, I'm talking to him. And kind of blew my mind in a little bit. And I just told him that, you know, I, you know I'll do anything. I'll work, for, I'll work for nothing. I just want to get my foot in the door. I want to try to, to learn, you know, the business. He said, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. And he says, come in on Monday. This was a Friday. He says, come in on Monday and we'll get you set up. Well, not many people can just fall into a job like that, I, I swear, you know. But So I, I, I didn't start in, in animation. I started in the layout department, which I kind of enjoyed that, actually. And But I had a friend there who was head of the, uh, the assistants there, the cleanup people. And she knew um, a gentleman over at Disney. And um, she said, they're just starting a training program. She says, why don't, I, why don't I see about getting you an application? And I thought, okay. You know, I had, I had honestly no uh, real desire to go to Disney at the time because I thought it was beyond me. You know, I mean, it was like a dream come true, you know, if I could get in there. But that's why I decided just to get into Saturday morning cartoons, and I was going to be con- you know, quite content. Well, what was one of the first projects that you got to work on for Disney? The first one was Robin Hood at the time, 1971. It was kind of nice because at Disney now they have a mentoring program where you're, you're given one mentor, and that's it. I had six mentors there. I had six of the nine old men there. So I was like in heaven, you know, and whoever you felt the most comfortable with, you sort of hung around with and picked their brains and showed them your work. And, and, uh, John Lounsbury was my, my chosen mentor along with Eric Larson at the time. And, uh, so I was there for, I think, six years to begin with. And one of my favorite films from that time period, the 70s and 80s at Disney, was Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which was another project you got to work on. So how, how did that project come about for you? Uh, I knew Don Hahn, who uh, was at the studio when I was first started. He was an assistant director, uh, which means that he just sort of did a lot of the, the grunt work for the main director there, who was Willie Reitherman. And, uh, but then Don moved himself up the ladder really quickly into producer status. And um, he wound up going over to London when they started doing Roger Rabbit with Richard Williams. And I had just, uh, I had done a stint with Ralph Bakshi and Richard Williams, of course, so I knew Richard. And uh, they knew they were in trouble on Roger Rabbit. They, it was just, it was a bigger project than anybody anticipated. You know, you couldn't put a time frame on that thing. It was just too big. And uh, plus it was a, the type of animation that had been done before, but not to this scale. Um, so it was, in, you know, technically it was 
rather complicated. Um, maybe not so much today, but back then it was. And so I got a, a call from Don asking me if I wanted to, to work on Roger Rabbit. And I said, heck yeah, you know, because I've been hearing about it for a long, long time. And um, so finally they said, well, what we want to do is we want to set up a Los Angeles unit. And so I wouldn't be going to London like a couple of my friends had gone to London and uh, to work on it. And so they set us up in a warehouse in Glendale. We started interview, uh, looking at portfolios and things like that, trying to get a staff. We knew we were going to need about 75 people. So we found 75 people. And and then work, you know, commenced on it. And I'm telling you, it was it was uh, it was difficult, honestly. You know, there was a lot of demand put on everybody on it. But my gosh, you know, you had this feeling deep down inside that this thing was going to be the biggest hit of all times. I don't know what made us think that because you know you work on umpteen pictures and you never had that same feeling like you did with this one. And there are some films that in their initial release are not very well received, like The Amber's New Groove. You know, critics really liked it, but it has slowly but surely become a cult classic. And you got to animate Yzma in this film. I love Yzma. She's like my all-time favorite Disney villain. There were so many fans of this movie. If, if something wasn't working, they would just, they would just kind of... Um, kind of make up an excuse for how to make it work or a, a reason why somebody got to wherever they were before the others got there or something like that, you know. And and um, they, they used to be like at Warner Brothers in the shorts department. It was all these older guys that were just making cartoons for themselves. They weren't thinking of an audience. They weren't thinking of an age group or anything like that. They were just making, they were just having fun making cartoons for themselves. And that's kind of how they wound up doing Emperor's New Groove. They just decided to just have fun with it and not take it seriously. And it shows in the work. Absolutely. And you must have had a lot of fun watching Eartha Kitt, you know, voice Yzma. She was a trip, I have to say. She was an amazing, amazing lady, you know. And uh, she had her family there one time, her daughter and granddaughter, grandson, I I think it was a granddaughter. She was just the most energetic person I think I've ever seen and she was so into what she was doing and she put the fun into the voice it wasn't she wasn't like some actresses just come in and just read it and then go home collect their paycheck and go home you know she put herself into that part and I thought this was very unique you know you worked on the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh in the 70s and you come back for the new film from 2011 Winnie the Pooh to work on Al been very exciting in that respect and then Winnie the Pooh also I mean the first the one I worked on was the first one was uh, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2 and it was the downtime project at that time uh, they were just trying to to fill the void in between Robin Hood and the rescuers so um, they just put us to work on it in fact it was kind of an experiment with uh, that Willie was doing where he was um, going to see how many of the assistants around the studio could animate. So he was giving basically the same scene to five different people around the studio. And then during dailies, they would just watch the dailies and he would pick the best one. And Dale, what have been your most recent projects as of late? To be honest with you, I, I retired from Disney back in October. and uh, But I've been freelancing like, like crazy on 
a, a lot of things, not 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 Disney stuff actually, but Warner Brothers stuff and some smaller outside studios have had projects for films that I don't know if I can I can talk about at the moment, you know, because I don't honestly know that much about them to tell you the truth. So, um, but you know, I'm looking forward to you know hopefully maybe doing some kind of freelance for Disney again too, you know, which would be kind of nice. Well, best of luck, Dale, on your future projects, and I can't wait to see what the next character you'll be working on. It'll be exciting. And before we end our interview, I have three Disney-themed questions I always ask my guests. I call them the Fab Three. So we'll start with the Donald one, which is, as a child, what Disney film was one of your favorites to see in the movie theater? It would have been Peter Pan. That was the first film I fell in love with. And Oh, and then Sword in the Stone was another one. Actually, my dad... I, I was sitting through it the second time my dad was coming to get me, and I wasn't out in the front of the theater waiting to be picked up, and he had to, I don't know if he had to buy a ticket to get in there and drag me out or what, but Sword in the Stone was another one that, that uh, totally fascinated me. And our goofy question, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Probably Donald Duck, because, I don't know, I used to draw him all the time. I don't know why he was the easiest one for me to draw. And finally, our Mickey question. If I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? I'd say um, When You Wish Upon a Star, that Jiminy Cricket sang in Pinocchio is the one that I think has the most impact, you know, to me. It's one of my favorites, too. And I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, Dale. This was a real treat and a complete honor. And I hope we have you back on the show soon. My pleasure. My pleasure. Down, touch the ground in the mood for food. <laughs>